So this week we're looking at the last part of Acts chapter 9 um, about a lady. Her name is Tabitha, or she was also known as Dorcas. So in, in, in English, Dorcas, I don't know if I'd want that name, right? I don't know who came up if, you know, you're a dork. I don't, what does that come from even? I don't know. Um, and I don't know how that translates. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, so anyway, Tabitha and then Anus, uh, no, Inus, Inus is his name. <laughs> oh, you guys thought that was funny, didn't you? Yeah, all right. We'll say Inus. <laughs> or Eunice, there we go. No, we'll say Inus. All right, we're going to delete that out of there, right? <laughs> all right. Do lay it in there. It's already set in stone. Good thing I edit the, the video nowadays. All right, all right. Acts chapter 1, verse 8 says, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. And so as you go through the book of Acts, you see that progression. It starts in Jerusalem, 3,000 get saved, and then it moves out to the utter reaches of Judea. So that's kind of like our state or just surrounding maybe our county-ish. And then it goes to Samaria in Acts chapter 8 with Philip. He takes the gospel there and then to the ends of the earth. We're going to see that in the ministry of Paul. But we even see it in the ministry of Peter, who uh, we're going to look at today. All right? And so um, Chris has a couple maps there he's going to put up. So um, if you look at the ministry of Peter, um, that, that's Paul. So we'll look at that one. He has it up. So Paul, when we t- discussed that last week, he... He uh, goes to Damascus up here uh, in the north. He goes up there, and uh, that's where he's going to persecute Christians. That's where he has his encounter with God, with Jesus. And then he comes back to Jerusalem. They don't want him there, and uh, they kind of do, but they don't know what to think of him. Eventually, he ends up going to Joppa, uh, Caesarea, and then up to Tarsus, which was kind of his home area. And then later, he would end up in Antioch. Peter, on the other hand... Uh, which we'll look at today, and we'll maybe come back to this map once more, um, is in Jerusalem, but then the persecution breaks out, Acts chapter 8, and he ends up in Lydia, Joppa, uh, and <laughs> Tarpatris, and then Caesarea. So, but in Lydia and Joppa, he's going to do some miracles, and that's what we're going to look at today. And those were Gentile regions. So most of Peter's ministry would be to the Jewish population, But we see in this situation, and even in Acts chapter 10, he is going to be used by God to go to Gentile people. So there again, we see the gospel going from the Jewish population in Jerusalem, and it's spreading out to now the Gentiles as well, which was a part of God's plan. All right? So um, last week we talked about the dramatic conversion of Saul, who is later called Paul. And so after Luke records the conversion of Paul, he then shifts to the ministry of Peter for a couple chapters, and then we go back into the ministry of Paul in Acts chapter 13. You know, Peter was a what before he met Christ? Fisherman. Peter, James, John, Andrew, they were all fishermen. They were unschooled. You kind of went into the fishing trade because you couldn't be a priest or a religious leader. And so... They are fishermen, they're unschooled, they're ordinary people. You ever feel like you're an ordinary person? Did you know God uses ordinary people? 
And he even uses fishermen and fisherwomen, Karen. All right. I saw the fishing pole. I'm going to have to find out why there was a fishing pole in church today. So, all right. Is that because we're supposed to be fisher of men? I think so. I don't know. All right. Okay. Um, Acts chapter 4, verse 13. This is what the people said of Peter and John, the apostles. It says that they realized that they were unschooled, unordinary men. They were astonished and they took note that these people had been with who? They'd been with Jesus. So the apostles did not have degrees. They didn't have social status. They didn't have political clout or wealth. What they did have going for them is that they had been with Jesus. All right? And so I want to talk a little bit about ministry this morning. Ministry isn't something that just Pastor Brent does or Pastor Luis does. Uh, Pastor Luis works a full-time job okay, in Grand Island along with also pastoring. Um, and so um, ministry isn't just something that pastors do or missionaries do. Ministry is something that God has called us all to do, okay? Ministry, if you look at it, literally means to serve, all right? We serve people by witnessing. We share the, the good news with other people by praying for others, by teaching and by preaching, uh, serving in the church. You are doing ministry if you are helping to greet, if you're on the worship team, if you're doing things throughout the week on Wednesday nights, helping out if you're working in the nursery, that is ministry, right? And you're using your gifts and talents for God, all right? After the apostles had been with Jesus for three and a half years of walking with Jesus, day after day, they now lived each day, and as they did, they looked a lot like their master and savior and friend. So I've entitled the message this morning, Like Jesus, all right? So let's have a word of prayer, and then we'll dive into our passage. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it has the power to change and transform our life. And Lord, we invite your Holy Spirit to come and speak life to us this morning. We ask it in your name. Amen. Amen. So as you read this account written by Luke, um, it sounds like something that Jesus would have done. So I want you to have that in the back of your mind as we read um, Acts chapter 9, verses 32 through um, 43. And it says, as Peter traveled about the country, okay, and I showed you that map early, he went to visit the Lord's people who lived in Lydia, so moving up north into Gentile country. There he found a man named Inez. That's how you pronounce it, okay? The A. So you can tell why I got it mixed up, all right? All right, it's Inez. I'll save you the embarrassment there, okay? Who had been paralyzed and had been bedridden for eight years. Is that a long time? It's a long time. And Inez, Peter, said to him, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up, roll up your mat. And immediately Inez got up, and all those who lived in Lydia and Sharon saw him and turned to the Lord. Now, you remember Jesus on at least one occasion, uh, if you look at it, um, I'll get back to that. It's in Matthew chapter 9. But Jesus would say, take, a, take your mat, roll it up and walk, right? So now Peter is doing a miracle just like Jesus would do, right? And then he goes on to Joppa. I like that name, Joppa. Sounds like it maybe could be in Star Wars movie or something, the series there, Joppa, right? 
And there was a disciple named Tabitha, and her name in the Greek, her name means Dorcas, and she was always doing good. Man, she was just a good person. She was known for her good deeds. She is somebody you would want in your corner, living across the street. Um, she was doing good things, maybe making meals for people, maybe uh, making clothes, but she was a good person. She was always known for doing good and helping the poor. About that time, she became sick and she died. And her body was washed and placed in an upstairs room. So it's not like she had just died. I mean, she, her body was already being prepared for burial. All right? Kind of a little bit like the Lazarus thing. Lazarus had been in there three days, so I don't get the impression it was three days. But still, she was dead. All right? Verse 38. Lydia was near Joppa, so when the disciples heard that Peter was in Lydia, they sent two men to him and urged him, please come at once. Maybe they had sent word before she had actually passed away. By the time Peter gets there, she's dead. And Peter went in with them, and when he arrived, he was taken upstairs to the room. And all the widows stood around him crying and showing um, him the robes and the other clothing that Dorcas had made while she was still with them. So Mary, she, she liked to sew. All right? And Peter sent them out of the room. Jesus would do this almost exact same thing with the young lady, Matthew chapter 9. And when he got down on his knees, he prayed. And turning toward the dead woman, he said, Tabitha. Maybe even said, Tabitha, get up. And she opened her eyes. And seeing Peter, she sat up. So Peter must have been pretty scary. (laughs) She saw Peter. Just some humor there. All right. All right. He took her by the hand and he helped her to her feet. And then he called to the believers, especially the widows, presented her to them alive. This became known all over Joppa and many people believed in the Lord. And Peter stayed in Joppa for some time with Tanner, in a, with a Tanner named Simon. So there's, there's another just little nugget there. Tanner, the Tanner named Simon. So if you go back into the Jewish culture, could they be around dead things and dead people? No, they couldn't. That made them ceremonially unclean. Now, Peter is staying with Simon the Tanner. So that shows how they're going out and they're reaching people that maybe had been on the fringe before and the gospel is going out, just as Acts 1.8 has said. So this morning I want to talk about spiritual maturity and ministry involves three different things. Um, and just discussing how Pe- how did Peter go from an unschooled, ordinary fisherman to being a person that is leading people to Christ, that is praying for the dead and they are raised, and praying for a man that had been crippled, and now he can walk. How do you go from being an ordinary fisherman to being this great man of faith, right? First of all, it takes learning. Learning. I think I even have that in Spanish there, maybe, that point. You know, sometimes Jesus taught in large groups with many people around. Other times he taught the disciples, just that group of 12, and sometimes even in a group of three on the Mount of Transfiguration. We usually call this learning process, what do we call it? Discipleship, right? And discipleship is that. I think it is more. I think it's going to be the whole process we talk about it. But what we have going on Wednesday nights and even on Sunday mornings and 
even in the preschoolers and the children, is discipleship. We're teaching them the Word of God, right? So that they can know the Word of God. And that's what Jesus did with these disciples. In small groups and in large groups, He was teaching them the Word of God. And it is crucial that we know the Word of God and what we believe so that we have a sound and solid foundation during the times of testing and temptation. Testings include trials that stretch our faith and attest what we hold to be true, right? We can say we believe in God and that God is faithful, right? We can know that up here. But then at times we are tested through difficult times and it begins to test that truth that we know up here. Our heart is tested, right? That is what it means to be on a solid foundation, that we have to know God's truth, not only up here, but also in our heart where our beliefs are. Because I can guarantee you, maybe when you start walking with God, you know that God is faithful and He's true, and all of a sudden, boom, you have that first big trial. And then you begin to doubt God's faithfulness, right? That's where we grow and we mature, where we take the truths of God and we get them from our head and into our heart. Um, in our men's study yesterday morning, we talked about Solomon and towards the end of his life. You know, Solomon started off so strong. He even had two visitations from God, right? Some people would say, man, if I had a visitation from God, I'd never fall away from God. But you know what? Solomon, I don't know if he's going to be in heaven or not because he took a lot of foreign women and then they said, hey, I want want a temple in heaven in the name of my God. And so he built these other foreign temples. He began to worship with these foreign women that were his wives, and it began to deceive his heart. One of the wisest men that ever walked the earth, but he made one of the stupidest and foolish decisions ever. You following me? You can have all the wisdom in the world and still make stupid decisions. Is foolish a little tamer, right? We have to know the truth, and that's what Jesus would take the time to do that. Peter learned by being with Jesus. It takes that learning. Psalms 119, 9-11 says, How can a young person stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. In Luke chapter 4, Luke records the tempting of Jesus in the wilderness. Three times Jesus is tempted, right? And each time he responds to temptation with the Word of God. He would say, hey, this is what the Word of God says. This is what the Word of God says. Man shall not live by bread alone. And he confronted every temptation with the Word of God. But in order to confront the testings and the temptations of life with the Word of God, I have to know it, right? It's not like I can go like this and it just kind of all sinks right in there, right? I have to read it. And if you're like me, I forget, right? Amen? I heard some amens there. And so I have to read it constantly. I have to be in God's Word. And it's kind of like, man, I read that a year or two ago and now I need to hear it all over again. And, And sometimes God takes it and applies it in different ways based upon where I'm at in my own life. Ministry and maturity, first of all, takes learning. Secondly, as we look at Peter's life, it takes participating. There's a difference between the two. If you're in education, you know that you can, you can teach learning, right? 
but there's also the participation. All right? Now, which class in school has the most participation? Rebecca, which class is it? You told me the other night. You're dissecting a, a earthworm, right? Science, biology, isn't that where you participate? You take earthworms and you dissect them. So not only you're learning by what is being taught by the teacher, but you're learning by doing, right? You're participating and your teacher guides you through that process. You know, a lot of the miracles of Jesus, the, the disciples were kind of spectators, they were watching the miracles of Jesus as he would heal the sick, he would raise the dead, the, they could talk, they could hear, they could walk. They were brought back to life. The possessed were delivered. And so they, they got to take this in, but one of the greatest miracles was when Jesus fed the 5,000. What were the disciples doing when Jesus fed the 5,000? What were they doing? They were wanting to go home, all right? But Jesus says, hey, you're going to help me out with this one, right? And he says, he prays over the bread and he gives it to the disciples. And what is their job? Their job is to go to the, all the people. And as they're passing out the fish and the bread, it's what? It's multiplying right in front of them. They give it away and there's still more there. They give away a loaf of bread. Man, there's another one. They give away some fish and there's more fish. And they participated in the miracle that Jesus was doing. If you're doing ministry in the church, always have somebody else with you. I think that's important, that you have somebody else with you, whether it's working in the kitchen, whether it's greeting, working with kids' ministry, youth ministry. I think it's important to have people with you. Why? Because it is through that process that you learn. One of the things that we enjoyed uh, pastoring in Crete here when our kids were younger is that they all participated in ministry. I think most days they enjoyed it. Some days they didn't always enjoy being here at 8.30 on a Sunday to help with the worship team, right? But they're all gone. Now Daniel participates in his church in Springfield. He plays drums. Where's Abdiel? He plays the drums. And um, we're working on the other two. But they're, they're involved in their churches, and uh, they're participating that way. But it was part of their discipleship and their maturity and their growth. We learn by hearing but we also learn by participating with others. And that leads to our final point. The third point is doing. The third point is doing. How do you say that in Spanish? Haciendo? Yeah, doing. What I see in, in this passage is Peter had spent three and a half years in ministry with Jesus and the day of Pentecost happens. So we're probably a year and two out from when um, the resurrection takes place. But what I see now is that now Peter had learned from Jesus, he had participated, and now he is out there doing what Jesus did. Isn't that incredible? He's going to a man that had been crippled for eight years and he's saying, hey, get up your mat, get up, take your mat and walk home. That takes some faith, doesn't it? He goes into a room where a woman has been dead. We don't know, maybe hours. Gets down on his hands and knees and prays and he says, Tabitha, come to life. And she does. Peter was out there doing the ministry. 
You know, and I wonder for Peter, the first miracle we kind of record, the first major one is in Acts chapter 3, where they're going back and forth to the temple to pray. And they see a man that had been crippled from birth at the gate, beautiful. And Peter, he had probably walked by this guy before, many times walked by him before. But on that day, something prompted in his spirit. And he looks at the guy and he says, get up and walk. We don't have silver or, or gold, but what we do have in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And everybody sees it. The crowd that is there sees it. He, he gets up. He's healed and restored. He even starts dancing right away, right? Yeah. If you've been crippled from birth, wouldn't, wouldn't that seem a little weird, you know? I mean, he's just kind of getting out there doing it. But he did. Complete strength. That's the, the part. I mean, if you've ever been in a cast or you've had surgery on your legs or ankle, you know, it, it takes a while to kind of get back into the swing of things. But man, he, he doesn't have any muscle tone or anything because he's been crippled since birth. And immediately he has strength in his legs to walk, to dance, and praise God. Doing. You know, I, um, I think doing sometimes can be a little bit like riding a bike for the first time. Right? You get on the bike, and you're wobbly, and your parents are probably helping you out. Right? It's a little bit... Maybe you fall down, they, they let you go, and you go, and you wipe out. Right? Um... But eventually, it just becomes second nature, right? And I, if we can be honest, ministry is a little bit like that. I always, I like watching people when I ask them to pray for the first time in a small group. It's kind of like, <gasps> right? Not always. Sometimes, right? First time. But all of a sudden, that second time becomes the third time, the fifth time, becomes second nature, right? James 1, 22 through 27. This is talking about how we live our lives, but it also applies to just doing ministry. It says, do not merely listen to the word of God and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word of God but does not do it is like someone who looks in, in the mirror, looks at his face in a mirror, and after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. <laughs> All right, we could we have fun with that. But All right, verse 25. But whoever looks intently to the perfect law that gives freedom continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, and they will be blessed in what they do. So it's important that we hear the Word of God, but it's impor- important that we also do the Word of God. That means living a godly life, but it also means doing ministry. Because verse 26 says, Those who consider themselves religious yet do not keep a tight ring on their tongue deceive themselves, and their religion is worthless. Verse 27, James has a lot to say about that tongue. Verse 27, religion that our God, our Father, accepts as pure and faultless is to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself by being polluted by the world. James is very big on, he says, you know what? You say you got faith, okay? Show me your faith by what you do. Right? James says, faith that is dead is dead. If you're not doing anything with your faith, it's lifeless. It's, if you have faith, you need to be living out, lived out in your life by what you do, how you live your life, by the ministry that flows out of your life. Amen? 
It's important that we know the Word of God, but it's just as important that we do the Word of God. You know, the Nike commercial is what? Just do it, right? Just do it. But, Pastor Brent, you don't know. I'm just an ordinary person. Yeah, that's what Peter was. He was a fisherman. James and John as well, and Andrew. But God called them and he says, hey, I want you to come and follow me. And I am going to make you fisher, fishers of men, right? And through the learning, through the participating, eventually they were at the place where they were now doing the ministry with the help of the Holy Spirit. Amen? All right. Um, ministry means to serve. It's about being like Jesus. We can learn a lot about from books, from reading the Bible and other things, and that's all good. We need the Word of God. We need that foundation in our life. In fact, in the armor of God, it said put on the full armor of God, and truth represents what piece of armor? The belt of truth, right. It holds it all together, right? And in the military sense, the belt held the sword. Well, I don't know if they put it on the right or the left. It held the sword. It also held their breastplate. It held their... You know, men don't wear girdles, but it was that thing that protected their loins, okay? But it held it all together. That's what truth does in our life. It holds it all together. Um, but as we learn, as we participate, before we know it, we are doing. So Olivia is sitting here with us today, and I got her attention now. But we were doing youth group um, this Wednesday, and we were just talking. We had a little bit different youth group because we had... We FaceTimed Sarah in, and she made the announcement about her, her new baby boy, Brantley. And uh, they got to see him. They had no idea that he had been born. But as we were talking just in our small group discussion, we went to um, the movie, okay, uh, Jesus Revolution. We took, we had uh, about 18, 20 of us that went to, on Wednesday night a week ago. And uh, Olivia made the comment about Greg Laurie. So Greg Laurie is one of the key figures in that movie. He's just a young guy. He's a teenager. And the hippie movement is happening, and he's part of a private school, and he's a little bit frustrated with that. His mom is um, alcoholic, single-parent situation. He's living in a camper on the, on the beach. And then, and then uh, he meets this girl that he thinks is kind of attractive and she's caught up in the drugs and the alcohol that were going on during that time the acid you know um, that was happening and so he kind of gets sucked into that and they're they're kind of do some things there together uh, through that but then through a bad experience with drugs with her sister she says I it's not for me and she gets she f runs into this uh, uh, Lonnie Frisbee who's this hippie that is preaching Jesus right and um, and she comes into Chuck Smith's church and begins to listen to what they have to say about Jesus. And eventually, Greg Laurie is brought in. But it's neat to see how they go through the process where he's baptized. And then later on, he begins to learn and develop. And then he baptizes somebody else at the end of the movie. And the last one of the last scenes is where Chuck Smith, who's you know played by who used to be Frazier, um, Kelsey Grammer has some keys. And by that time, he had preached at a youth service and, and they had, uh, it had gone okay, um, but the pastor didn't like him probably because he was 
kind of, uh, you know, sharing Jesus in a way he wasn't comfortable with. But he had this set of keys. He says, you know, I bought this church. It's empty. The one you preached at, it's empty. And he goes, it needs a pastor. And so he takes that set of keys and he puts them in Greg's hand. And he says, I think you'd make a great person, right? And, uh, and now he was the one he had learned, he had participated, and now he was doing the ministry. And Greg Laurie is still alive. Uh, you can still, he's still, I think he's retirement, but he's still doing a lot of guest speaking. True story. We grow and we mature by learning, by participating, by doing. I'm going to have the musicians come. come and I should have maybe brought you up a little bit sooner, but come on up. We're going to close with... Um, we're going to do Waymaker. Am I going to throw you off if we go Waymaker? No. Let's go Waymaker just because um, um, we got the English and the Spanish for that one. And I want both both uh, groups here to participate in. So, uh, Would you stand this morning? As they get set up, I'm just going to lead us in a prayer of salvation. First part of learning is that we have to know that Jesus Christ is our Lord and our Savior. Amen? He is our Lord and our Savior. And Scripture says that if we believe in our heart that Jesus Christ um, is our Lord and our Savior and that He died on the cross for our sins, we can be redeemed. We can have the hope of salvation. And so let's just pray together. Father, we thank You for this opportunity. We thank You that we can know You as our Lord and our Savior. Whether we're watching online or here today, Father, You said that if we come to You, and accept by faith that Jesus Christ is Lord, and that you died on the cross for our sins, we will be saved. And Lord, that's my prayer for each person and for all of us here today. Maybe we prayed that prayer and today we're watching and we need to come back. Maybe we've drifted from where we once were. And God, you're calling us back to where we need to be. We've known the truth. And now we need to come back. Lord God, we just uh, we reach out to you. And Father, I just pray for each one here today, Lord. We're all at different stages. And I know for me, that first time of sharing my faith, the first time of praying for somebody, uh, the prayer of faith was hard. I know the first time that I um, preached, that was a terrifying experience. But Lord, as I learned, as I participated, the doing became natural. And Lord God, I believe that's what you call us all to. To do, use the gifts, the talents that you've given us to further your kingdom here on earth. You've called us to go into all the world, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The promise of Acts is that you and I will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon us. And with that, you will give us the ability to be a bold witness for you and to share our story with others. Whether they're in our own Jerusalem or whether they're maybe in our Judea or maybe they're in our Samaria. Maybe they don't even speak our language very well. They're not like us. And Lord, we just uh, 
We pray that you would help us to equip us by your Holy Spirit. And we give you the thanks and the praise. In your name we ask. Amen. Amen. Praise God. They're going to lead us in that song we sang earlier, Waymaker.
perder está sobrando Siempre estás, siempre estás sobrando Siempre estás, siempre estás sobrando Pastor Louise come and do the closing prayer and uh, bless our food that follows. And uh, just to introduce, this is Thomas in the blue. And uh, Thomas has worked all night. And so when he comes and helps out with worship for his church, he's coming off of his shift of working all night. Okay. And uh, you have to help me out with your name. Pedro. Pedro. And we got Jose here. Mario. Mario. And we got Abdiel and the playing on the drums. All right, there we go. So, uh, Pastor Luis, come and Mary Beth is gonna just give him a hand. Yes. Come on, please. Mary Beth, come on. Here. Yeah, you're good. Dios los bendiga, amada iglesia. God bless this church. La vida de Pablo, de Pedro, nos enseña que lo más importante para Dios es el carácter. The life of Pedro, Peter, it teaches us about uh, the importance of our uh, character y la formación de un cristiano. How to become a Christian. De manera que vemos a un Pedro que es escogido por el Dios de los cielos, por nuestro Jesús. De manera que vemos un Pedro que es escogido por el Señor. We can say uh, Peter was a uh, choice uh, for God. No, por sus muchos títulos. Now because he have he has uh, degrees, he hasn't, right? No, por ser un hombre de letras. He didn't know about letters. Uh, sino por su corazón. It was because his heart. Había en Pedro cosas que tenían que ser transformadas y cambiadas. Peter had things that need to become better. Pero Pedro fue un hombre que abrió su corazón. Peter was a man that 
opens his heart for God. Antes de marchar, Jesús le dijo, "Me es necesario que me vaya y venga sobre vosotros el Espíritu Santo." Before Jesus left, uh, he told Peter, "It's necessary. It's necessary. Something. It's necessary. You open your heart for me." Y Pedro se dispuso en las manos del Espíritu Santo. And Peter made the choice, the right, the right choice, the right decision. De manera que Satanás lo pide para zarandearlo, y Jesús le dice: He orado al Padre para que tu fe no falte. Jesús no le dijo: Te voy a quitar de esta prueba. We have read that. Uh, The evil come and um, test uh, Peter also, but Peter makes uh, he opens the heart for he, his heart for for Jesus. Sino Jesús, sino Pedro pudo ser obediente al Espíritu Santo y a lo dicho por el Señor. Peter obey what uh, the Holy Spirit says and Jesus says. Y el día de Pentecostés, como todo lo, lo denominamos, habían 120 reunidos. Y el día de Pentecostés habían 120 reunidos. And and the Pentecostal day it was uh, 120 uh, in that uh, meeting. Y entre ellos estaba Pedro. And between them, it, he uh, Peter was in there, in them. Y dice la palabra que en aquel día se levantaron el futuro apóstol a los eh, judíos and in that day Peter come and talk to the Jews, Jews y dio un sermón eficaz donde tres mil almas vinieron a los pies de Cristo in that day three thousand souls become to Jesus Tres mil almas de un Pedro que ahora reflejaba el amor de Cristo. Three thousand uh, persons, souls, that they become Jesus because they look, Peter was reflecting the love from Jesus. De manera que Pedro pudo dar lo que por gracia había recibido. That way Peter gives gives the person the love that he received from Jesus. Fue un hombre como usted y yo. He was a man like you and me. Falló al Señor. He uh, one time he failed Jesus. Pero vio a un Jesús 
que en la playa estaba asando un pez. But that day Jesus saw Peter uh, cooking a fish. Y cuando Pedro, el apóstol Juan le dijo, Pedro, me parece que aquel es el Señor. That day John talked to Pedro and say, hey John, hey Peter, Pedro, right? Peter, I think that man is the Lord. Dice la palabra que Pedro se quitó la ropa y fue a las aguas. And the word say Peter took up his clothes, his clothes and get in the, in the water. Y en cada abrazada, en cada vez que nadó en Pedro hacia busca, en busca de Jesús. Meanwhile, meanwhile, yeah, he was he swimming, swimming the water. He was looking to Jesus. Estaba diciendo, Señor, me arrepiento de haberte negado tres veces. He said, God, maybe he he was saying, God, I apologize to. Um, Uh, I apologize to betray you three times. Reconozco que sin ti no puedo. I know I can not do it. I can do any I can do anything without you. Reconozco que tú lo eres todo. I know you are my all. Y vemos a un Pedro transformado de un hombre ordinario a un hombre extraordinario. We can see Peter how he transforms from an ordinary man to an extraordinary extraordinary man. Porque no solo había caminado con Jesús He did not just walk with Jesus. Sino había abierto su corazón a Jesús. He did open his heart for Jesus. Quizás muchos de nosotros nos ha pasado como Pedro. Maybe somebody of us has uh, happened like Peter. Le hemos fallado de una forma o de otra. Maybe we did fail to Jesus one uh, way to other. Pero Jesús le había enseñado a Pedro lo que era el principio de un nuevo comenzar. But Jesus did teach Peter what, what were a new um, beginning. Cuando el futuro apóstol a los judíos había salido a pescar y se había pasado toda una noche y nada había pescado. When in that time Peter went into the water 
and he tried to fish something, but he couldn't. Y en aquel momento llegó Jesús y le dijo, Pedro, ¿estás listo para ir al mismo lugar donde fracasaste? ¿Estás listo para tomar la misma barca donde no pudiste pescar nada? And then Jesus appears to him and say, Hey Peter, are you ready to come with me and go and fish men? Right? Y dice la palabra que en obediencia a la palabra de Jesús, Pedro tomó aquella barca y fue al mismo lugar con las mismas redes el mismo hombre y en su palabra tiró la red. And then the word say Peter come, come, came back to the um, waters and he did the same thing he uh, took the uh, how to say it, um, redes I don't know how to say the thing that the fisher Oh, that thing, <laughs> and then he 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 lucked, he lucked and saw a lot of fish. Y dice tu Biblia y mi Biblia que una pesca milagrosa vino por la obediencia a la palabra de Jesús. And the word say there was a. a Miracle fishing, miracle fishing, because he obeyed the word, the word of Jesus. Dios es un Dios de nuevos comenzares. God is a God of new beginnings. Quizás estás pasando por tormentas. Maybe you are, um, you have some. Uh, Troubles. Estás pasando por pruebas. You are, uh, you maybe you have now uh, tests in your life. Estás pasando por aflicciones. Afflictions. Pero hoy yo vengo a decirte, hay un Dios que camina sobre tu tormenta por las aguas. But today I want to tell you that there is a God that walk on the water. Porque su palabra es fiel. Yo estaré con vosotros, amada iglesia, todos los días y hasta el fin del mundo, dice Jesús. Because he's faithful, he say, I want to walk with you every day in your life nada hay imposible para Dios ahí donde tú te estás levanta tus manos vamos a orar nothing is impossible for God there where you are raise your hands and say with me Padre te damos gracias Lord, thank you. Por tu bendita palabra. For your 
Hollywood. Gracias porque sabemos que no estamos solos. We thank you because we know we are not alone. Que tú estarás con nosotros cualquiera que sea el problema. You will be with us any with any problem with we you will be with us. Gracias por enseñarnos que más grande que el problema que tenemos es el Dios que tú y yo creemos. Thank you Lord for teach us that there is no problem that you cannot handle with. You are bigger than that problem. En esta hora, Señor, yo bendigo a cada familia. Yo bendigo a cada matrimonio. At this time, Lord, I bless every family. I bless every um, marriage family. A cada niño, a cada niña. Every kid, every boy, every girl. A cada joven, a cada jovencito. Every youth. Y declaro la sangre del cordero desde la caronilla de la cabeza hasta los pies sobre cada hogar sobre cada hombre sobre cada mujer sobre cada niño sobre cada joven porque la sangre de Jesús nos cubre y la sangre de Jesús tiene poder I declare the blood of Jesus come on everybody Because the blood of Jesus has power. Cada uno de los pruebas que pasamos, cada uno de los procesos que pasamos, each problem, each trouble, each process, está formando el carácter necesario para ser testimonio de un Cristo vivo. It's forming each character to, to become to serve to a uh, life God porque sin carácter no hay testimonio because without character there is no testimony quizás usted se diga o nos digamos todo Señor Todavía me falta, pero una cosa hago, sigo subiendo la montaña. Maybe you tell yourself, yourself something left, but I keep walking the mountain. Señor, sé que tengo que cambiar en muchas cosas. Aquí está mi corazón, pero uno, una cosa sigo haciendo. Sigo escalando la montaña. God, maybe something's left, but I I keep walking the mountain. Porque en ti está mi confianza. En ti está mi vida. En ti está mi familia. Recibe toda la gloria la honra y el honor 
de un pueblo que te ama, de un pueblo que te adora, de un pueblo que en ti cree. Because I, because I trust you. In your hands is my life. Your hand, in your hands is my family. Atamos y reprendemos en esta hora, en el nombre de Jesús, todo ataque del diablo a la vida de, las, de, de tus hijos y de tus hijos. We ask, we... Please, Lord, uh, help us to be against it from all things that become from the evil help us please God y declaramos tu palabra de poder las puertas del jade no prevalecerán frente a la iglesia de Jesucristo we know Jesus that the door of the the door from hell will not uh Gates of hell will not prevail against them. Thanks, Lord. Thanks, Son. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And the Church of Jesus say, Amen. God bless you. celebrating Pastor Brent's birthday um, even though it's early but we're going to celebrate Pastor Brent's birthday so um, after we eat we have cake and then we're going to have some fun with our pastor um, we have a piñata that he's going to break um, it's going to be a little different but we're going to blindfold our pastor And the kids will get to spin him around, and he will get to break the piñata. But we're going to make a little twist to it. The piñata is going to be on a fishing pole, and he has to hit it. And I'm hoping he doesn't beat anybody with it, but we'll have to say a prayer about that. Okay, so después que comemos, vamos a, hoy vamos a celebrar los cumpleaños de Pastor Brent. Este, tenemos un pastel y una piñata. La piñata el pastor lo, lo va a quebrar solo, um, solo por la seguridad de los niños. No queremos que se rompe todas las cabezas. La mía está bien, ya estoy loca. Este, pero lo que vamos a hacer después que comemos, Vamos a comer pastel, después rompemos la piñata. Este, los niños van a hacer vuelta al pastor y lo vamos a tapar los ojos. 
Oh, we're going to blindfold you, by the way. Uh, vamos a tapar los ojos y él tiene que pegar el, la piñata, pero el piñata va a estar conectado a un fishing pole, como a él le gusta pescar y todo eso. So va a ser un poco divertido y vamos a subir el video por Facebook para que sea famoso el pastor. Thank you. So that's going to be after the meal. Yeah. All right. All right. So uh, we got a lot of tables and chairs set up. We might need a little bit of help. There's a few more tables that probably need to be set up. Um, if you want to pitch in and help with that, um, the tables are set up against the carpet ball table there. And um, Lord bless our food and our fellowship. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.